Hey everyone, welcome to episode 135 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Tess Isabel Cossad, the co-founder and CEO at Bay Fertility. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring her on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. How are you today? Hi, Jared. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm really excited for us to chat. And I think we should just get right into it. I'd love if you could tell the audience a little bit about your background, and then we will talk about your company. Of course. So I'm a marketer by background. I was running an ad agency, mostly in sort of B2B sectors. So agriculture, uh, satellites, industrial communications, sort of those areas. And then I moved into the sex tech space. So I spent a couple of years working in sex tech in female pleasure. And from there, I moved into fertility where I am with Bea Fertility today. Thank you. And I'm curious, where did the name come from? Honestly, it was, um, it just came to me. I was on a walk. Um, It was actually a pretty practical decision. We started out life as step one fertility. And then for obvious reasons, uh, trademarks would not allow us to be step one fertility. And so we ended up uh, needing a new name. And in the medical sector, it, you need to be able to get the .com and you need to be able to get the trademark on it. And so we just put together a list of options and, and Bea was on there and it got the vote. I like it. I like it a lot. And I like it way better than step one fertility. Thanks, Jared. Uh, no disrespect <laughs> if uh, they're listening, but I like this name better. Uh, Good to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I like the brand. I like the colors. Uh, there's some people out there that brush off some of that stuff. That's one of my favorite things. First thing I see, right, is what's the name? What are the brand colors? Yeah, and it's critical. You know, I, I can decide quickly if I like something or not based on that alone. And then obviously I have to look into it more uh, on other factors. Absolutely critical. Yeah. I mean, we needed to do a very quick rebrand so that we can announce the funding round and sort of move forward building online presence. And I remember saying to the designer who I worked with before, I've known her for a long time. And I said, I absolutely, I want no pink and I want no blue. I do not want this to be an overtly gendered company through our brand. And she's like, huh, okay. She goes away, she comes back. But she turned around a bunch of options, none of which were pink and blue none of which were quite right. And then we got to the, the look and feel that was pink and blue and I fell in love with it. <laughs> I was immediately proven wrong. And um, I think there are ways to develop color schemes and palettes and, and the balance of it, it, yeah, it works. So did, so this is a designer you've worked with in the past, you said? Yes, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, she specializes in, I love her because she doesn't start with a design, she starts with a feeling. And as long as she can emulate the right feeling, she'll build a brand and an aesthetic around that feeling. And so that's really why I love, I love working with her. She's great. Yeah, that's, uh, it, it's definitely something I think I would hope to like cultivate those, uh, cultivate those relationships and have someone like that. But actually for, so for the, the Block Health logo, that was a design competition uh, where we put it mm-hmm. up online and got a hundred like different designs and then had people vote. And then for slice of healthcare, I actually designed this one. I have no design background, but like I, I was feeling, I was feeling myself that day, and I'm just like, I'm gonna throw out all these different healthcare <laughs> icons and see how it works. So nice, I like it. Yeah, I think crowdsourcing brand is a really cool way to go about it. I know a lot of companies have done that. I think it's a great idea. I think 
you know, we often talk about brand as the thing in its entirety, but if you think about the origin of the word, it's literally a mark of ownership, but what are you owning? And for me, I was very clear that I wanted to own a feeling. I wanted to own reassurance, trust, uh, science. I wanted all of that to be wrapped up in the brand. And, and I think, I think just the designer got there. So yeah, happy with it. Can you tell us more? I, I, there's three things I always like to focus on with the business. I'd love to hear your why, how, how things are work or how they're going to work, and then exactly what the company is setting out to accomplish, what you want to put out there for uh, consumers. I think our why is because fertility treatment is becoming something that is accessible only by those who have privilege. And I don't think that's right. Um, you know, if you go into a fertility clinic uh, with a view to paying privately, the average spend in the UK is £12,000. The average spend in the US is about $61,000. Um, and to start a family, that is beyond the reach of so many people, uh, not to mention communities, uh, you know, LGBTQ plus communities who might not be getting their family in, in what medicine perceives as the traditional way. At the moment, their only option is often to just go to a clinic, even though they may not have infertility or they, you know, they may not need medical intervention. And, and that's really not fair either. So our why is because right now, the way the sector is set up um, precludes people from accessing treatment, and that's not right. In terms of where we're at right now, we've got uh, we're developing a hardware-based treatment that is accessible, affordable, and simple enough to be used at home. So really what we're working on is a treatment called intracervical insemination. And it used to be available clinically. And then for a number of reasons, it fell out of favor. So what we're doing is bringing it back and we're bringing it back in a way that is um, yeah, accessible, affordable, and simple enough to be used at home. That, that really is our thesis. Um, and so we're very focused on making sure that that product is safe and intuitive. So we're currently going through the final stages of uh, DFM, so design for manufacturing, and obviously it's medically regulated. So taking that whole product through a, med a medical certification process and getting that through for FTE mark in the EU and FDA approval in the US. In terms of the vision and, and where we see this going, I think yeah, I think it very much speaks to building something that just cracks open areas of healthcare that we traditionally cannot or do not have access to for whatever reason that may be. So I think today we're very focused on the hardware and getting the hardware to market because in fertility in particular, there's a lot of stuff that surrounds the problem of getting pregnant. You know, if you're struggling to conceive, you can get coaching, uh, counseling, you can join communities and support groups. You can drink tea. You can get supplements. There's all of this stuff that you can do. None of it actually solves the problem of getting pregnant. And that's why we're so focused on, on bringing the hardware that we have to market. In the long term, I see us wrapping that hardware in a digital health experience that in sort of two, five years will become a much bigger digital health platform under which we have a portfolio of hardware-based products that provide very real touch points and treatment solutions to the people who are accessing our digital health platform. And I think you know, the reason I want to be able to, to do that is it serves our thesis of, of what we wanna work on as a company, which is if it's not clinically validated, if there isn't evidence to suggest that it works, 
you won't find us working on it. If we can't find a way to make it accessible, i.e. ship to a, a residential address, you won't find us working on it. And if we can't find a way to make it affordable, we won't look at it. So I think knowing that that's our thesis, we can develop a really incredible portfolio of healthcare solutions um, and products and treatments that we can ship anywhere, uh, sort of with this umbrella digital health platform that anyone can access you know, from anywhere in the world. And I, I really see that as, as where we want to go. That's sort of the bolder vision behind what we're working on. I love it. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I love, I love a nice big vision. Um, yeah. And I, I like kind of what you were able to lay out for your thesis, those main points. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think sticking to that, obviously, as best as you can will really result in a ton of success. Therein lies the challenge. <laughs> yeah. And, and even if you, even if you can't, like, I, I think a lot of new entrepreneurs don't realize, right. They always say like, you know, I have a plan. This, you have to be willing to at certain periods, relook, you know, take another look at that plan, readjust, because that's why a lot of these companies that, that you know, in healthcare and beyond fail. Right. I think they yeah. sometimes stick so much to like, this yeah. is my thesis and I can't go away from it. It's like to a point, stick to it as much as you possibly can, but if it's for what's yeah. best for the business, adjust. I completely agree. And I think it, there's, you know, the way I see it is there's a mission, there's a thesis, and then there's a strategy and a sort of vision that you're working towards. The vision needs to be there as something that you aspire to achieve, but you're willing to flex on it. The thesis needs to be something that you're, you try and stick to a little bit more, but again, leave some room for, for flexibility. I think it's the mission that needs to be really well thought out and really well adhered to, because if you know what you're trying to solve, if you know what you're on a mission to do, it's broad enough that you can pivot within that, but you're always serving your mission. So for us, it's democratizing access to fertility care. Within that, we could pivot so many times and we'd still be serving our mission. So I completely agree with being able to sort of figure out what it is you want to stand by and then figure out what else it is in the business that will serve you, uh, you know, to pivot, to change and to be a little bit more flexible. Yeah, I think uh, if there's one thing that's not going to change, mission should always remain the same. If the mission's changing, it's a different business, right? Exactly. Uh, totally agree. But everything else... It's, it's on the table. How about it? Yeah. <laughs> what, what are some of the things that you're most excited about? You know, we're in 2021 now. It's been a crazy last year. What are some of the things you're really excited about as we kind of move forward now? Um, that's a great question. I think for the company, I'm so excited about the team that we've hired and are going to be onboarding into the company within the next sort of couple of weeks, couple of months. I think that pivotal moment as a startup when you go from just the two of you or just you as a co-founder to actually having people who are, who are really pulling in the same direction and contributing their energy to what you're working on. It's, it's exciting. It's humbling. It's, it's validating. It's all of those things. And I really cannot wait for that. I think so separately to that, we as a generation are the first in a long time to live through this sort of collective global reopening as everything that was shut down or slowed down because of COVID is, is sort of resumed. And I think certainly in London where we are, there's this tremendous excitement about the summer to come, about all of these experiences that we've missed for so long that we're going to sort of live again. And 
I'm really looking forward to being able to live through that, that sort of collective, um, you know, reliving of all of these moments in, in such an appreciative way. I think that's going to be really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, that's one of the most fun parts about this whole process. So I look forward to you know, staying in touch with you and continuing to uh, hear how, how that's going. Also for the audience, the goal is to have you and other members of your team on this podcast to cover different you know, parts of the company and really sure. focus in on some different areas. So I, I look forward to those additional uh, conversations as well. For sure. Absolutely. I look forward to being here for them. Well, thank you once again for, for being a guest and look forward to those future conversations. Thanks for having me, Jared. Hey everyone, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is building the ecosystem of services and solutions to power the future of healthcare. Through their platform, healthcare professionals and organizations can enter, upload, and share core credentialing documents and information. Professionals and organizations then have the opportunity to use that information to order multiple services and solutions like credentialing, state license registration, certifications, payer enrollment, renewals, and more. On average, the BlockHealth platform saves users 40 to 60% on credentialing and licensing related costs. Organizations can use BlockHealth as an extension of their team or as their whole licensing and credentialing team. Today, BlockHealth works with some of the top healthcare organizations. To learn more about BlockHealth, please visit www.blockhealth.com. That's B-L-O-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com and follow them on their social channels at BlockHealth. Thanks for listening. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, we're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.